to be, to do, and to have. So Eric from the social scientist and thinker in the 60s came up with this kind of codified approach to being, as in being a human, which is to say that there are three aspects of being a human, the three aspects of your experience, which are being, you know, what you are, doing what you do, you know, and that includes your thoughts and your speech and your action and having what you have. Now, the problem with self-help is that self-help is essentially focused on being and having, and it misses out the most important part of doing. And I know that some listeners are going to jump at that saying no no you're all it's you've got it wrong of course self help talks about doing you've got to take action and so forth hey listen i'm an internet marketer and i gobble up internet marketing videos and courses and whatnot uh as much as i do general self help and sales and motivational related stuff and one of the big credos of internet marketing is take action, which is to say, click on this link and buy your product. And by the way, I just purchased some more e-commerce related stuff. And on a side note, I like to throw out at least one practical tip per episode. And oftentimes it's the same tip, which is get out there and do something on the internet. Really, you should record a podcast with Anchor, or you should create a blog, or you should try some drop shipping with Shopify, or sell Amazon products on eBay, or eBay products on Amazon. It's so funny, I saw another thread on Reddit the other day denigrating and bad-mouthing the creators of a course that I took about social media marketing. Social media marketing there's a whole legion of millennials out there, kids in their 20s, literally, that are making four, five, and six figures a month online running social media marketing agencies. Just Google SMMA, Sierra Mary Mary Alpha. Social media marketing agency, the very basic level of it is finding people who you can whose social media accounts you can manage, okay? And it's not even very hard because what you do is you find people to create posts and all you need to do is figure out how to schedule them. And, you know, there's software that does everything and there's people that does that do everything. And there's literally tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of small businesses out there that need people to manage their social media accounts. And they'll pay you like $1,000 to manage their Facebook slash Instagram account on a monthly basis and you can make six six figures a year doing that really and and any person who's listening to this and who knows how to post on facebook and who has you know nominal capacities with regards to talking to other people or at least have any person that has some kind of drive or motivation can easily learn how to make money online i'm telling you it's possible you need to go through a lot of gunk I mean, it's not as easy as you start today and you're er clicking stuff tomorrow, but you know what? You could start today and you could be earning money 
tomorrow. It it really is the case. There are ways to do it. If you're lucky and you find the right niche and the right offer and the right platform and the right message, you know, there's hundreds of millions of people online right now and they're clicking on things and filling out forms and not to mention buying stuff and you can get paid for any and all of those actions. But in any case, being, doing and having. So self-help for the most part talks about be a super version of you. Okay, the so-called super being that I've been talking about, the Larry Ellison's and the Steve Jobs and the Bill Gates of the world and the Elon Musk's. You know, I'd asked the question earlier on, are these people naturally gifted? Are they just born like that? It seems to be the case that when you read a lot of these autobiographies and listen to these audiobooks about these people, I guess it's like almost a case of, hindsight is 2020 whenever they're talked about or written about it's almost as if they were predestined to do these great and amazing things that they end up doing i mean my favorite are, are examples of people that have names like larry page of google larry page and he owns google i mean he started co-founded google right and obviously page you know relating to web page and page ranking and so forth, right? So it seems sometimes that people are destined to be great, right? You learn about kids who, you know, just had a proclivity for certain things or they were playing the piano at 12 or swinging golf clubs at age three like Tiger Woods, right? So on the other hand, what we would like to believe and what we've been told to believe is that any person Every person has a, has the seeds of greatness within them. And you're listening to this, and you know that inside, deep inside, you know that you're special and great, and that you're a genius, and you're excellent, and you have something incalcula incalculably invaluable to offer the world at large, right? So why is it that most of us just get stuck in a neurotic muck of, of, of near psychoses of adulthood? If you compare adulthood to childhood, we're really depressed psychos, essentially, as adults, right? I mean, kids have so much fun. They're so in touch with their feelings, and they're spontaneous, and they enjoy themselves. And, you know, what happens to us when we grow up? I used to be such a happy kid, seriously. And right now, I mean, I really i am not the same person. When I look at my pictures of when I was a kid, I was, like, smiling and laughing the whole time. And unfortunately, you know, for the most part now, unfortunately, for the last few years, I've been battling with depression. And that's a story unto itself. But on the one hand, you've got Bill Gates and all of these super beings. And then you've got this notion that they were always gifted or they were always on a certain path. But then you've got the belief that, no, anybody can can make it big, can find a dream. And you've got all these stories, especially with internet marketers, I mean, uh, among other people. You've got people that were broke and living in a trailer like Ty Lopez or John Cristani living in a one-room apartment and, you know, broke and down and out and everything. And then they managed to put things together and turn their lives around, right? Tony Robbins did the same thing. And the largest group of people who are testament to this kind of transformation and metamorphosis, I would say, are the folks in Amway, the multi-level marketing um, uh, group, 
right? So in Amway, you have all kinds of people from all kinds of walks of life, right? And after Microsoft, Amway is the largest, uh, has produced the largest amount of millionaires in the world, the Amway organization. Right, Microsoft has produced tens of thousands of millionaires. Okay, at least thousands of millionaires, like early managers and mid managers, and obviously Bill Gates' first secretary, who's now a multi-millionaire. Uh, Amway has done the same thing, and and the incredible thing about Amway is, I I was in Amway for years, and 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 you know, you know, visited um, you know groups and and attended events from. Calgary to Seattle to Toronto to Minneapolis, right? Or St. Louis, at least somewhere in the Midwest, I kind of recall uh, while I was working for Computer Associates, the Fortune 500 company. Um, so what we have are normal people, right? You know, pharmacists and, you know, students working at Wendy's and, you know, doctors and lawyers and you know just general car, you know car a car wash manager larry winters or bill Britt, the, the the kingpin of amway was an ex um you know u.s uh, army major or something like that you know and he became one of the biggest amway kingpins out there so you've got supposedly normal people and they always say at the end of their speeches in amway if we can do it you can do it and they always talk about how they didn't have people skills they were negative they were broke uh, you know and how associating with people of the right mindset right and and learning how to think and speak success led to them being successful now in a simplistic way, it stands to reason, right? If you say and do the right things, you can achieve whatever you like. It, it would stand to reason. What's there to stop you from saying and doing the right things to achieve everything you want in life? What holds us back is ourself. You know, this concept that we have of ourself, right? Our self-image. And we'll talk about self-image in, in, in coming podcasts, hopefully. but. Essentially, you go back to the basics once again, right? Being, doing, and having. And people might say once again, well, why do you have to split hairs? Why do you need to philosophize about this stuff and so forth? Well, I reckon there are people that are just action-oriented and they don't think and, and talk and read uh, about things like this, right? They don't you know, sit around with a book for the good part of a day and call that one of the best days in a while. They're more action-oriented, like my dad and my wife I've talked about on previous episodes. They're action-oriented. They get up early in the morning and they're go, go, go all day and they achieve phenomenal amounts of success. On the other hand, I think there are people that are more contemplative, like myself, and introspective perhaps. And people like us need to ask these questions and find answers. And I guess, once again, the hope is that you can figure things out. Now, what I want to say about self-help in general, self-help talks about being a super version of you, how to think like rich people or think like successful people or, you know, become a super version of you, a super excellent version of you, the best version of you 
uh, a super confident, super charming, super engaging, you know, domineering, all those attributes that we, all those characteristics that we attribute to success, you can, you can cultivate those, those characteristics within yourself. That's the promise of self-help. And by doing so, you can then achieve the ultimate lifestyle. Now, the part that's missing and the part that's most important and the part that really I learned from the teachings of Don Juan, uh, the mentor of Carlos Castaneda, the father of the New Age, that part is doing, 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 doing. And what do I mean by doing? What I mean is that it's like something Aristotle said, and I had it written down. And I actually wanted to grab it and read it out for this podcast, and I don't have it handy, unfortunately, but it's something like this. Aristotle hints at what I'm trying to hint at, and if you can actually get what I'm trying to say here, it is huge. And unfortunately, it is glossed over by self-help. And unfortunately, one of the things about it is that it has kind of an ethical or moral kind of slant to it. When you start talking about doing the right thing, right? Always. So the key to it is to do your very utmost best to, to be and do the best that you can be and do at any point in time to, as Don Juan said, to be impeccable, which is essentially a warrior in whatever situation he finds himself, does his utmost best because he knows that any moment may be his last moment. And when you've got just this day or just this moment or just this action, then you do away with all the fluff and all the negativity and all the jealousy and the envy and the bitterness and then, you know, the hatred and all this negative stuff, the pessimism, the the self-pity, all of this stuff, you put it aside and you just take the next bold step and you just go out there, you you think and do your utmost best, okay? So it takes on a mystical dimension, okay? This is the thing. It takes on a mystical dimension. According to the words of Don Juan, a warrior who behaves impeccably, right, begins to accumulate personal power, Right? And personal power is the key to the whole thing. And Aristotle said something along the lines of excellence is a habit. Excellence is something we acquire by virtue of continuous excellent actions. So with self-help, see, the problem is this. With traditional self-help, you pick up a book and it says on the back cover, learn how to control your thoughts. Learn how to think like rich people. Learn how to X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And what it's saying is you can somehow shave off all of the, you know, the uncool and the undesirable and the sloppy kind of character attributes you have. And you can essentially give your personality a super shine and you you can become an, an amazing and awesome version of yourself, the best version of yourself. What it leaves out is that, you see, if you're taking a step to become a better version of yourself, if your goal is to say, well, I suck, well, essentially that's what it boils down to. It's essentially saying right now you suck, but you can become this amazing version of you. And it seems to, it seems to 
essentially, it seems to suggest that all you need to do is change your thinking, right? If you just think in a certain way. I mean, even even if you take, even if you take, you even if you go past the platitudes, right? Go past the platitudes. So, you know, let's say one of the platitudes, the one of the general platitudes is think positively, don't think negatively. Right? So let's let's go deeper than that. Let's go into a Dr. Joe Dispenza and say that you need to cultivate a mode of gratitude. Now, this is more towards the spirituality that I really believe in, which I think is in fact the answer to what we're looking for. The problem with self-help is that it doesn't include spirituality. Where it is successful is where it includes spirituality, really, right? Where you have things like integrity and patience and, you know, you know, faith, essentially. Self-help, the ultimate self-help and the ultimate in positivity, positivity is faith, is faith. It's just saying that no matter what's going on, you can transcend it. You can transcend yourself. You can transcend your situation. And you know what? Right now, deep down inside of you, no matter what you're going through, there is that part of you that is always alive to the vibrancy of the universe. Call it what you will. That part that is plugged into faith. That part that says that you can overcome. That there's an amazing future waiting out for you, waiting out there for you. That life is amazing. Everything's amazing. Everything makes sense. Everything happens for a reason. But once again, that kind of thinking, and we'll come back to that kind of thinking, that faith-based thinking, that's, that's the key in terms of being, right? But in terms of becoming a better version of you, it starts with right now. It starts with not wishing you are a better version of you. But it starts with doing the best with what you have right now and 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 shunning negativity and telling the truth and forgiving people's lapses and being tolerant and being compassionate and essentially, once again, becoming the best version of you because you know that this is all there is. All there is is right now. And what you're thinking, and what you're saying, and what you're doing. There's nothing else to it. All your, all you touch, and all you see is all your life will ever be. Like Pink Floyd said once again. So, when I think of Don Juan's descriptions of impeccability, Don Juan himself had a teacher, Don the Don Nagual Elias. The Nagual meaning spiritual leader Elias, who was Don Juan's teacher. Don Juan had two teachers, Don Julian and Don Elias. Long story, but to cut it short, Don Julian was a man of action, total man of action. He would take his students and throw them into impossible situations. And you either flunked or, you know, transcended and, and, and became amazingly stronger. Don Elias used to say that a warrior... Don Elias was more like a grandfatherly figure, more contemplative, uh, more like an uncle figure, right? Kindly and loving and compassionate, more along Don Juan himself's bent nature. Don Elias was actually Don Julian's teacher, and Don Julian was Don Juan's teacher. 
But Don Elias was around during the time of Don Juan, and so Don Juan benefited from his teaching and guidance as well in his care and succor and shelter when Don Elias, when Don Julian just kind of went overboard. He was like, you know, completely just otherworldly kind of character. You know, he would summon genies and create these ridiculous if not even downright dangerous and absurd situations that he would plunge his <laughs> his uh, students into repeatedly. In any case, what Don Juan said that Don Elias told him was that a warrior, and, and this is very spiritual once again, a warrior does his ultimate best and silently offers it to the spirit, right? So in my own worldview, being a conservative Shia Muslim, my conception of impeccability is that of fearing God. Fearing God. What does that mean? It's it's just like in Proverbs where King Solomon, peace be upon him, says, fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. The way I like to describe it is something like this. Okay, so if you're in a shop and you're just bumbling around at the counter and no one's there and you're waiting for the person to come in from the back, and you're just like slouched over or whatever, just lost in your thoughts. And then suddenly you realize there's a camera there. As soon as you realize there's a camera there, suddenly you become attentive. And you start, you know, you, you stand up straight and you take care of yourself. And the reason is because you realize that someone is watching you, right? Now, just imagine that someone was not just watching your actions on the outside, but someone was watching you. On the inside, just as you become accountable with your external appearance and you are accountable with your external appearance, you should become accountable for your internal actions and thoughts as well. I read in some kind of Buddhist meditation manual or something of the sort that you should pretend like your thoughts are being written across the sky and everyone can read them. So, whatever you're thinking right now, is important right now it's easy enough to say don't think negative right it's easy enough to say you know think positive and we'll get to this in later episodes because that's another failing of self-help self-help talks about don't be negative be positive positive self-affirmations but the problem is that most of us are feeling down most of us don't feel that great most of us pretend that we're happy and we post all these happy pictures on Facebook and, you know, we put on the show that we're doing really great. You know, I guess with close friends, you, we can put on more of a sob story, but most of us really are not feeling as great as we would like to feel. And unfortunately, part of the reason for that is because we're not excellent all the time. I mean, quite Frankly, if you were to behave excellently inside and outside, like the Quran says, do away with, with sin externally and internally. And like they say in some of these self-help books and in Amway, sin means missing the mark. You know, the problem is, once again, when you start talking about doing good and doing right, and as soon as it starts to take on a moral kind of aspect, people cringe at that because for hundreds of years and if not thousands of years we've had church and religion kind of 
browbeating us and from a moralistic perspective. And we all know, I mean, as a Muslim, I know for sure that the worst people in the world are religious people. It's not to say religion's bad, but the worst people for whatever reason are religious. I mean, people who are self-righteous and holier than thou and quick to damn and, and, and condemn you. And, you know, you've got this puritanism and you've got, you know, this, this, this Taliban kind of mentality where you're forced and there's rigor and there's doctrine and all this kind of stuff. And we just hate that stuff. Modern man and modern women, we just hate that stuff. So anything that starts sounding like a moralistic approach, you know, is generally shunned. But the truth is this, you need to do the best you can do always inside and outside. And then you become the best version of you. And then it's just like I read on, on someone's Facebook profile recently. Um, success is not something you pursue, but something you attract by virtue of who you become. That's very important. See, that kind of stuff is less talked about in self-help. And once again, you need to move into spirituality because at the end of the day, it, it becomes a faith-based notion. If you do good, good things happen to you. This is this is the key to the thing. If I do my best, so right now, so so then ultimately it doesn't matter what you have and what you don't have. It doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor. And there's sayings of Prophet Muhammad to that effect that a real believer and a person of faith, it doesn't matter to that person whether they wake up in the morning rich or poor or even healthy or unhealthy or blessed or in hardship or it doesn't matter. Why? Because it's just like Don Juan said, the difference between the average man and a warrior is that the average person takes everything to be a blessing or a curse. And the warrior takes everything to be a challenge. I read this amazing, I was listening to this amazing book about Vipassana Buddha or the Vipassana meditation based on the teachings of Buddha. And it's a very pure form of Buddhism. And there's a very famous uh, Indian sage, Goena, I believe his name is, who wrote this book called... Uh, you know, about Vipassana meditation. I forget what it's called, but they went into the into the key or, or they went into the fundamental states of being in as much as saying that essentially we exist and then their mental stimuluses, their stimuluses, let's say you you exist, you know, existentialism, existentialism being in time. You know, according to Heidegger, I guess, the philosopher, being in time, you're a being and you're moving through time and and certain phenomena are taking place. And these phenomena in the world at large, let's say, they cause mental reactions, right? And usually, according to Vipassana, this, this amazing audiobook and this teaching is usually there's a reaction to what's happening. And it's either a positive or negative reaction. Like Don Juan said, you either take everything as a blessing or a curse. So either we have greed or aversion. Something supposedly good happens or we think 
something good is happening or there's something in our benefit, we become greedy for that thing and we start obsessing over it and clutching and grasping after it. And when something bad seems to be happening or we take a certain turn of events to be against us, so to speak, then we start feeling aversion. Okay, so there's greed and then there's aversion. And the warrior takes everything not as a blessing or a curse, but as a challenge, as a challenge. So ultimately, the only thing that's important is having the mood of a warrior. This is all that is important. And if you can cultivate the mood of a warrior, you're successful. It doesn't matter what your circumstances or situation is. So we're reaching the last minute here. Half an hour has flown by again. I wanted to talk about how doing is the key to the whole thing. It's not about being the best you or having everything you want, but doing what you can, the best you can. That includes your thoughts, your actions, and your speech, right? And that becomes the key to everything because when you continue to be the best you can and from from a Muslim or a godly perspective, just like the camera in the shop makes you self-aware, well, just imagine that the universe is looking at you. and like, Imagine that you're accountable for what you're thinking right now. And imagine, and you know what? If you try, you can grasp the feeling behind what I'm trying to say. Be the best you for no other reason than that's what you should be doing, period. So we'll continue this discussion um, with, with uh, you know, a, a chat, hopefully, about how to overcome the basic negativity that most of us feel in our day-to-day lives. Thank you for listening. would love to hear back from you. Uh, shoot me a comment or a like. And, you know, I hope you start your podcast real soon. And I hope you tune in once again. Take care.